0: Hour number two, 8 o'clock hour, hanging out with you, KB and Andy. It's the Wake Up Call, broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. We're still checking uh, at WIBC. Uh, obviously, schools, some on delay. There are some issues on the road, but keep it slow and steady this morning with the, rays, uh, with the rain and then the freezing rain and everything else. So we'll get you covered uh, if any issues on the road this morning. Reminder as well, Pacers back in action tonight, 7 o'clock tip-off, 6.30, our coverage between Denver and Indiana right here on The Fan. And to talk about that and everything else, Pacers, the head coach joins us, Rick Carlisle, here, 8 o'clock hour every single Tuesday, and he does so on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Coach, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm well. How are you guys doing? Uh, We are doing uh, fantastic. uh, While you were were on the West Coast, it was one degree here. (laughs) It was negative. Uh, It was brutal, Coach. I heard. It was... That was brutal. <laughs> it was it a good, It absolutely was brutal. But let's dive into tonight's game and obviously uh, the season. Pascal Siakam picked up uh, just a few days ago. I guess let's start there if you don't mind, and we'll dive into some other things. Uh, what was your excitement, the excitement around the team when you guys were able to lock in that trade in just a couple games in, a couple walkthroughs in for you? What have you learned about Pascal Siakam and his game that maybe you didn't know?
1: Well, we love him. He's uh, very versatile. He's a great guy. Um, he's a sponge for new information and any way he can possibly get to know his teammates better. Um, you know, we still have not had we still have not had a walk through with him. Um, you know, he got he got in late, late the night that we arrived in Portland from sacramento uh that was a back-to-back of course so there's no walk through there and then um you know the following day we we took the uh, the whole team went to tucson for ben matherin's uh ring of honor induction and when we arrived in tucson um you know part of the uh, pretty significant portion of the travel party was not going to attend Uh, we only had 30 tickets i think to the game and we had 30 people that went so Half the people went to the hotel, and then the other half stayed for the first half of the game, watched the ceremony at halftime, and then jumped in the bus. And so we had a two-hour bus ride from Tucson to Phoenix, and then an early game on um, on Sunday. So uh, anything that's before 7 o'clock almost always does not result in a walkthrough. So we, we've had a couple of meetings with them um, but no real time on the floor. Uh, all that said, you know he's uh, absorbed things very well. Uh think he's scoring eighteen, nineteen points a game, and and doing a lot of good things. And you can see from uh, from what uh, from what we've seen in the games that he's gonna he's gonna help us.
2: Rick, what were your um, impressions of him prior to his his arrival? I'm always curious about like is it just strictly. What you see on the court? Did you have conversations with him during the draft process at all? But um, I guess from afar, uh, what what were your impressions of him? Not only on the floor, but if you heard anything off the floor about him before uh, the trade happened,
1: I'd heard a lot of great things about him, um, both on and off. You know, Dwayne Casey coached him for many years in Toronto, so Dwayne was an assistant of mine in Dallas um, for three years, and um, the word that you know, struck, uh, struck a chord with me is versatility. Um, you know, he's a six, nine, um, starting power forward in the NBA who can handle it. He can shoot it. He can score at all three levels. He can post up. Um, he can facilitate and he's a, uh, very good defender with length. So, uh, and, his re- and he reading rebounds well, so he can do a lot. Of, he can do a lot of things that are are very important in today's game, and, and certainly important for us. So, um, and Dwayne always, you know, Dwayne always talked about what a great kid he was. You know, he was he was drafted late in the first round, back I think in six, sixteen, and so, you know, he he's done it the hard way. He's uh, paid his dues. He play he played a lot of games in the in the in the D league before. It, uh, I think turned into the G league and, you know, it's a, it's a great story of, of, of perseverance, you know, and, and, you know, that's a pretty, pretty talented Toronto team. And he went from being a, a guy that was a, a part-time roster guy, um, to, uh, you know, obviously a full-time roster guy. And then being one of the guys that was, uh, was a support player. Um, and he's he actually more than a support player for, uh, Toronto when they won the championship with Kawhi Leonard. So uh, you like the fact that he's had to earn everything that he's gotten. I mean, I think that shows a lot about his character. Uh, We're thrilled to have him here and uh, looking forward to get him going tonight with our fans uh, in Gamebridge.
0: Rick Carlisle with us here on the fan on this Tuesday on the pay less Liquors hotline. I'll ask this about him just because it's been talked about and you would actually know the answer. And I know you'll learn more about Siakam as you go, but so it's easy for the untrained guys like me, you know, you look at his offense, he can score at three different levels, 22 a game and everything like that. Um, defensively. I know you've stressed so much this season is, you know, being better on defense. You've talked about it after certain games. Portland was one of those games defensively. What is he going to do to help you guys out, do you think?
1: Well again, I, I think his versatility is is a very important thing. So he's you know, we started the Houston excuse me, the uh Phoenix game and we decided to put him on Devin Booker so that there would be more length on Booker and we decided to put Neesmith on Durant to get um a little different kind of guy on Durant, a a stronger guy that um could maybe get into him just a little bit more with a little more physical element. And so, you know, uh, Pascal did, uh, did a good job on Booker and then, then eventually he guarded, you know, half their roster before the night was over. So, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to learn more about him as we, as we keep going through this, but like his aptitude for this game, he's got a, a real intellectual curiosity uh, about the game, and he loves to play. And so, uh, you know, he's. Uh, I know he's very happy to be here and, and very happy to get going again tonight uh, at home.
2: So defending champs in town, Pacers home after a long road trip. It'll be four straight at home. Really a, a loaded week again for the Pacers here uh, as they take on the Nuggets starting tonight. Rick, I think I heard Chris Denary correct the other night. Ten straight games with a different starting lineup. You haven't had back-to-back starting lineups in 10 games. Is that, can you even recall in your how long it's been since you've had that as a head coach with so many different starting lineups now, dating back to, I guess, the early parts of January?
1: Yeah, I mean, it does happen in some years. You know, you, some years you have very, very few and it's just very consistent. But I remember the, you know, the the Palace Brawl year, we had 31 different starting lineups. Oh, wow. And for for obvious reasons, I mean, we had a lot of guys that were in and out of the lineup, and and with different things going on with suspensions and so on and so forth. But you know, whatever whatever the case is, um, when when there is the need for change, there is an opportunity that's facilitated. So uh, you know, in the in the Sacramento game, we had a you know, a different, a different lineup in the Portland, we had a different lineup and then we had another different lineup last night. And so um, with that said, and sort of course on this conversation, I'm going to get, uh, make another announcement here, more breaking news for this thrilling show that we've got going here. Thank you. Um, Thank okay. You, Let's go. Is, uh, yeah. And that is that uh, Tyrese came back for the, uh, the Portland game, uh, did well in the game, but we, uh, you know, our training staff wasn't wasn't comfortable with how he responded to that, and so, um, you know, we we obviously sat him in the in the Phoenix game. We're gonna we're gonna sit him for uh, the next three games, so that'll be tonight. Uh, it'll be Thursday, Friday against um, Philadelphia and Phoenix uh, respectively, and then uh, we'll see where he's at on Saturday. Uh, and whether whether or not uh, Sunday against Memphis will be a possibility, but this is not a re-injury. This is just simply, <laughs> you know, injury recovery management type stuff. And um, and so you know tonight's lineup may may again look different.
2: Uh, Andrew Nemhard going to give it a go tonight, Coach. Well, he played last game,
1: and I haven't I have I have not heard that he will be unavailable, but you know, it's only eight ten in the morning. So, um, so we'll see. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and if not, then, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, we've got, uh, you know, we have, we have McConnell, we have a lot of different things that we can, we can do. We've had other guys, uh, playing point, you know, in the Sacramento game, we had, uh, you know, we had Shepard and, and, and healed playing some point and, and, uh, and Jarvis Walker handles the ball a little bit too. And so, and Siakam can handle the ball. And that's the other thing we like about him. So, uh, so we'll see. But, um, you know, it'll be disappointing news for our fans that want to see Tyrese out there uh, on the one hand, but on the other hand, this is not bad news. This is just, you know, this is just us making sure that we get him back the right way.
2: Do you feel like in your conversations with your training staff that, you know, sitting in for these three games, you potentially can kind of Take care of it now, and then whatever. When you get into more back-to-backs, or you start to get in the stretch run, maybe the the that maintenance or management of the injury, to use the word that you used, uh, will not be there later in the season.
1: Well, that's certainly uh, that's certainly the plan, um, but you know, you know, Mother Nature can be. I mean, it's uh, you never know with these things, and um, the news the news early when the injury first happened was very, very positive. Um, you know, but he had trouble. He was not, <laughs> he was, he was walking with a limp for three days and then responded very well. And then, um, you know, and then it's, we just, we just are, are, are right now where we are. He's not limping or anything now. He's, he's, um, and I, and I don't want to get into too long a discussion about it because he's doing well. Um, but we need to make sure that, um, he comes out of this exactly the way he needs to come out of it and three games over the course of a, of a career that's going to be, you know, hopefully, um, well beyond 10 more years with, with the Pacers. If you look at, you know, Reggie Miller, he was here 18 years, uh, an additional three games is, um, is, is nothing. So we'll, uh, we'll do that. There'll be an opportunity for, for someone else to step forward and, uh, you know, we got the defending champs coming in here, so uh, there will be a lot going on.
0: Again, three—the next three games. Rick Carlisle here with us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Halliburton will be out the next three. That would be tonight against Denver, Thursday against Philly, and then Friday against Phoenix. Coach, just as an aside, did you see that Joe beat at seventy points last night? Did you happen to see that?
1: I did see that. I didn't see the game, but I—I I did. You know, when you like these days, when you. Um, If you own a phone, which everybody does, you know, you get these alerts, and you got him with 70, and you got Towns with 62, I guess. Yeah. I mean,. Yeah. Pretty it's almost good. It's impossible not to find out about yeah, stuff like
0: that. It's pretty good. Rick Carlisle with us. I want to ask you this, uh, whether it be, you know, I, I know I'm singling these two guys out and not trying to tie him at the hit, but Ben Shepard and Jerris Walker have got that playing time, you know, with the uh, injuries and with them, uh, you know, getting better in your system and everything else. Those guys have played Jerris Walker, uh, has looked confident with his shot. Ben Shepard really liked his game. How have those guys grown up here in the last few weeks? And, uh, Rotation-wise, what have they started to earn, in your opinion?
1: Well, you said the key word, and that is earn. And, um, you know, developing a, a championship culture um, means that things have to be based on merit, and no one is just given anything. And as I mentioned a couple of moments ago, that's one of the things that I, I really admire about uh, Pascal Siakam's career is that you know he he started out in the G League and and worked his way up and 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 carved his way into the league as a you know as a major player who's now a multiple All Star and multiple All League guy, and so in the case of Shepard and Walker, um, these guys have been putting in the work. Uh, they've been putting in the work and in training camp, you know, before practice, after practice, uh, G League assignments, G League games. You know, they played they had one game where they played in Sioux Falls. And, uh, you know, so those those aren't easy trips. Um, a lot of the games have been home games at, at Cambridge. Um, but they are doing it the way um, that you need to do it. And that is um, by putting the work in, studying game film, um, and toiling through, you know, some of the stuff where you're playing in the minor leagues. So um, that's really great. Um, they've both shown signs of, of being guys that can obviously help us now and in the future. And so, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll keep a close eye on, on our situation and, and see where they fit in tonight, uh, Thursday and Friday.
2: Coach last one for me. And as always, thank you for the time. Again, Rick Carlisle is with us here. Uh, Nikola Jokic tonight, Joel Embiid Thursday, obviously goes without saying where those two are in terms of the best players in the NBA, I'm curious, like they are two big dudes, but I I, just labeling that would probably be unfair to both of them. Uh, Are the matchups similar in any way, shape or form? Are are they immensely different? What is it like preparing for Jokic and then two nights later for Embiid?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. It's, it is similar. Um, Both of these guys are, are very big and, and very strong. I think, uh, I mean, Bede's a little, a little taller than Jokic and, and, uh, and, and bigger, you know, so, but the thing that they share is they both have amazing, an amazing touch an amazing feel for the game an amazing aptitude for the game. <laughs> and they both make the game look very easy with, uh, with how they play. And so, <clears throat> pardon me, but I, if the next question is which one's easier to play against, <laughs> you know, I mean, you can, you can forget about me giving you any kind of, you know, answer for that. I mean, I'm not, that's not going to turn into any kind of clickbait. I can promise you on the next, you know, three days, because, you know, they're both just, you know, they're both hellacious. I mean, and as a, as a pure basketball fan is, you know, you two guys are, I'm sure. And that I am, I mean, you watch these two guys and you just, you just marvel at the skill level um, and the touch. Really, I mean, Embiid is just you know he, on a 16, 18 foot shot. I mean, there's some nights where he'll he'll make ten in a row, and it just it just looks like a routine thing. And and then Jokic does the same thing, but but he'll he'll hit him coming down the lane, shooting off the wrong foot, you know, with the ball back back behind his head a little bit. But it's just it's just amazing the aptitude. Um, and the skill level that these guys have, and uh, they're both obviously um, winners. So it'll be a great to, uh, it'll be a great treat for our fans, you know, to see this kind of talent coming into GameBridge. And then, you know, on the third night, you've got you know, you've got Durant, you've got Booker, and and you got Bradley Beal. So <laughs> a uh, a battering ram, as they would say, of of, of talent coming our way.
2: Certainly, it is quite the week back home here in in Indy. Coach, thanks for the time this morning. Appreciate you sharing the news on the Halliburton front. Uh, Good luck this week, and uh, we'll chat next Tuesday.